SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Give us a call 086-000-2032. I'm taking your reactions to that. It's been four months now. Five, I think, since uh, the introduction of Uganda's anti-homosexuality law. That law has not been received outside of Uganda very well. In fact, the United States had cut aid to Uganda as a result of that particular law. And it leaves Uganda in a precarious position. But they calculated the risk, and the president, with the support broadly of Ugandan society, said, we will take that risk. We will stand by this principle that we seemingly believe in, even if it means that aid to our incredibly poor country has been cut off. Right? That's how much we believe in anti-homosexuality, they say. And not long after the introduction of that law, the, there has been a stark increase in the persecution of uh, homosexuals living in Uganda. And that persecution had led, public persecution, had led to arrests. Uh, and by last week, I had read of five Ugandans having been arrested under this new law. They all face the threat of the death penalty. Death penalty in Uganda has never been outlawed, but it's been at least two decades since anyone has been executed in Uganda by the death penalty. It's been nearly two decades since the remedy, well, not the remedy, but the, I guess the avenue of the death penalty had been explored in Uganda. Roland Ibole of Amnesty International in East Africa joins us. Roland, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Is the threat of the potential use of the death penalty as the sanction for homosexuality in the five cases that we now know about, is it a real threat? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Yes, it is a real threat because uh, we have uh, provisions in the law that calls for the capital offense uh to be punished by uh you know the death penalty and uh this uh offense is vaguely worded as aggravated homosexuality where aggravated homosexuality is defined as having uh same uh you know same sex uh intercourse with a person who is elderly elderly defined as over 20 over 75 years or a child under 18 years or a person living with a disability including mental illness or a pass uh, infecting a person with uh, hiv and aids and so we are already seeing that prosecution or the director of public prosecution in uganda taking this route to charge people with a death penalty yeah. You've defined very nicely for us what the law says, uh, the, the law's definition of aggravated homosexuality. Does the law speak of any other type of homosexuality that it seeks to punish and sanction? Yes. Uh, so the normal, um, what you call, uh, you know, uh, for persons who are found, uh, you know, having uh, conducted same-sex, uh, you know, relations, uh, for them, the jail is life imprisonment. Uh, 
And so uh, that is another offense. Another offense that we are seeing again is an offense of uh, promotion and promotion again, uh, promotion of homosexuality very vaguely worded, uh, whereby anybody that seems uh, or is seen to support, you know, uh, you know, uh, homosexual agenda, which includes uh, advocacy, which includes support. So uh, this targets media houses, for instance, yeah. uh, reporting or, uh, you know, uh, doing any form of uh, media adverts that, you know, seem to, uh, you know, promote homosexuality. And NGOs and human rights organizations that seem to advocate for the rights of, any, of uh, you know, homosexuals. Uh, it also calls for punishment for other acts such as, you know, failure to report, uh, you know, persons who are suspected to be homosexual, uh, homosexuals. And this has led uh, to a lot of violence and hate against this community in Uganda. Yeah. And and since the introduction of the law, and please correct me, it's been four months now, uh, I recall, since President uh, Museveni had signed this law into, into action. How many sort of arrests? I, I know we now have five cases, and two of those cases have the potential of death row. But how many arrests and persecution have happened? Um, how many people, not for the act of homosexuality, but for the act of promotion of homosexuality, as you now defined in the media, as human rights advocacy groups, that sort of stuff. How many of arrests have in, in that space have happened in Uganda in the last five months? So far in the last uh, five months, uh, you are right that the law... Uh, President Museveni signed uh, the law, assented to the law on 29 May uh, this year. And uh, so far, the cases that we know of are six cases, at least six cases, where people have been charged with uh, different, uh, different offenses. Uh, two of those are, uh, you know, death penalty cases, the ones that I mentioned about aggravated homosexuality. Uh, but it, it will be interesting for you to know that uh, in as much as the, the law is very controversial, uh, the law is also, there's a lot of anxiety, uh, you know, with the law, including with the state office, uh, because uh, just one week after the latest case, the case that uh, we have reported on, uh, the Director of Public Prosecution wrote a circular to all the prosecution and police stations in Uganda, asking them that uh, they first have to uh, write uh, to the headquarters, the director of public prosecution, with any cases of, uh, or any case under the Anti-Homosexuality Act before they prosecute, they have to write to uh, the director of public prosecution with a legal opinion, uh, meaning that all the files of the ongoing cases, the six cases or more, because you're saying at least, have been recalled to the director of public prosecution. So far, we have people who are in custody, uh, their cases are not going on, they're waiting for direction from uh, the DPP. And 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 what does that then mean that they the, the state has to go to court and make the case for it? Have these five people that have been arrested, or at least the, the three outside of uh, the four outside of the aggravated homosexuality, have they been released on bail? Uh, do they are they at least afforded that opportunity? At least for those ones, uh, they are afforded the op opportunity to be released on on bail because for theirs it is not, uh, you know, uh, you know, capital offence that is triable at the high court. Uh, but the two cases that we know of, uh, they have not been afforded bail. 
Uh, so for them, they have to wait for the direction or to receive direction from uh, the Office of the Director of Public Prosecution. However, having said that, uh, again, uh, we know that uh, bail and bond, sometimes it's not that obvious in Uganda. Sometimes it's at the whims of, uh, you know, police officers. And uh, we are yet to confirm in terms of other cases whereby uh, people have been held and uh, this uh, bail or this, uh, you know, right has been denied to them. Yeah. I, I just want to, for a second, want to circle back to uh, the definition of aggravated homosexuality because it seems to be an unnecessary, I mean, the entire thing I think is unnecessary, but there seems to be an unnecessary overlap into other law uh, statutes. If you are charged with having sex with a minor, that's to say someone under the age of 18, does Ugandan law not recognize that as statutory rape, which is a commonly recognized legal principle across the world? Yes, and 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 uh, uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, Uganda, you know, has been. Tra- this is not the first time that uh, you know such a law is being created. Uh, in twenty nineteen, there was an attempt to come up with a sexual offences act that uh, in twenty twenty one, basically, that uh, the president did not sign because there are other laws, the, the Children Act, that provides for offences. Uh, you know, as you have mentioned, and we have uh, other laws such as uh, the Penal Code, which is a colonial law of the 1950 that uh, provides for, you know, offences such as a natural uh, acts, which is very vague. Uh, so we are also seeing this is a law that is coming up to legislate on, uh, you know, uh, laws uh, or to legislate on uh, issues that have already been legislated before. And, uh, you know, the target basically this time was uh, to target organizations and to also specifically uh, target, um, you know, uh, groups uh, that, uh, you know, support LGBTI communities in Uganda. Yeah. So so why then would that would with those two people, if it pertains to a minor very specifically, why would they not be charged with rape uh, and prosecuted under that particular law? I think I I would read a political uh, connotation, uh, you know, in the spirit of the law, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, to get such a law to pass, uh, definitely uh, the state uh, or parliamentarians needed to, uh, you know, get the emotions of uh, Ugandans high. And one right. of the ways that they got, uh, you know, the emotions and the support for this law was to uh, come up and say that this is a law to protect our children. This is a law to actually uh, maintain our moral fabrics as a society so that our children grow in a healthy, you know, environment, uh, you know, healthy in the sense of, you know, uh, you know, traditions. Uh, I do not know what tradition because, you know, we have you know, facts about some of these practices like second same-sex conduct existing even before, you know, you know, the, the colonialists came uh, to Africa or to our countries, uh, but mostly was to get the emotions of the people. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, there are laws 
for protecting children. And if the state was really after protecting children, uh, for instance, during the COVID uh, period, we have you know uh, up to millions of uh, children getting pregnant while still you know while waiting to go back to school. And most of these were you know defilement uh, from family members, close family members, and other yeah. people in the society. And we are not seeing arrests. We are not seeing accountability for such kind of violations. But again, you know, uh, when they want to actually uh, get a punitive law, a draconian law against same-sex conduct, then, you know, the use of protecting children now comes to play. Right. So it really is about trying to uh, uh, distort and manipulate the emotion of the country pertaining to this law of anti-homosexuality, trying to very specifically frame uh, uh, gay people in Uganda as vile people who rape children and the elderly. Yes. Uh, but you also know, you know, this law has also been used, uh, you know, every time there has been a political, either political transition or, uh, you know, the president uh, or the executive has lost, uh, you know, you know, people's support. Uh, you remember in 2013, there was an attempt uh, actually passed again. And, uh, you know, the courts, the constitutional court overturned the law in 2014. As I mentioned, 2019, there was an attempt to, you know, you know, start a process of, you know, bringing up this law. It was thwarted in 2021. The Sexual Offences Act again was thwarted, and this time it has actually gone through, and it's now being implemented and being used to prosecute. And so, every time this has happened, we have found that people have kind of forgotten all the, you know, ills of the state, you know, is doing against them and I really rallied behind, you know, the president, for instance, to say that, you know, this is our president that is a, is, is, is after our own hearts. And, uh, you know, and also used to really as a, uh, you know, to dangle, you know, the carrots in terms of, yeah. you know, trying to woo uh, donors uh, such as, you know, Western donors. Uh, this time, it is really interesting that we are seeing a situation whereby uh, Uganda has lost uh, support, including from the World Bank, a lot of, uh, you know, support in terms of new funding, but has maintained its stand uh, on criminalizing uh, or recriminalizing homosexuality. Yeah, it, it, just to that, and I, when we started this conversation, I had, in my preamble, framed uh, part of the conversation as Ugandans having reconciled themselves with this law despite losing aid from America uh, and, 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 and being, you know, uh, lashed out by the IMF and, 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 and Bretton Woods institutions. Um, what is the true sentiment on, amongst Ugandans about those sorts of actions? Do they see that um, as a bullying tactic by the West to impose what they would call Western imperial um, morality on them? Or do they see it as a genuine con moment to reconsider this law? As I mentioned, uh, somehow the law has really received uh, a lot of support from many people. Of course, uh, we have not done some kind of poll to ascertain, you know, the number of people. But uh, we definitely know that, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the public has really supported the law and uh, they're seeing uh, the decision by the World Bank, for instance, to be very unfair, uh, considering that, you know, I think more than 40 percent of, uh, you know, grants or loans that, uh, you know, 
Uganda, which heavily relies on debt, receives is from, uh, you know, the World Bank or institutions of the World Bank. And so, uh, of course, uh, what we are concerned about is that this may have a backlash on, you know, the LGBTI community, whereby everyone else will say that we are not getting, you know, what we were getting from the World Bank because, because of, of you, you yeah. and because of your advocacy. And again, uh, just uh, to uh, to mention, you know that, uh, you know, withdrawing such kind of support, uh, li like from the World Bank, definitely has its ramifications. For instance, uh, just uh, immediately after uh, World Bank made its decision, uh, you know, Treasury had to readjust its national budget and announce that, you know, civil servants will receive pay cuts. And you can imagine what this goal how far this goes in as far as you know you know affecting uh you know several people in the society because it will just it will not just be you yeah. know you know salaries it will be the projects that the world bank was actually doing, can, can we pause on that of refugees how dependent is the ugandan economy and ugandan government on foreign aid and foreign loans it is very dependent it is very dependent and uh you know uh, for instance, uh, just to say that, you know, for a country like Uganda, uh, you know, its budget in 2023 was uh, Uganda shillings about, uh, that is more than uh, 52 trillion Uganda shillings, which is equivalent to 14.1 uh, billion uh, USD. And out of all, you know, all this money, uh, you know, you, you would say that, um, you know, Uganda depended on uh, more than uh, 50% uh, of, uh, you know, having this budget uh, on on donor, uh, you know, support. And Uganda receives credit facilities mainly from uh, China, IMF and the World Bank. And, uh, you know, this includes a lot of money, uh, close to 1 billion uh, for post-COVID recovery, whereby, you know, uh, just this year, uh, you know, uh, the World Bank gave Uganda about 240 million uh, USD, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, payment under, you know, the 2021 loan as part of uh, uh, post-COVID recovery, uh, you know, monies. So Uganda is heavily dependent on on uh, on loans and heavily dependent, not just on loans, on World Bank loans. Actually, World Bank loans represent, uh, I think, close to 49%, as yeah. I said, more than 40% of the total loans from, you know, uh, you know, all as in other groups. Yeah. Give us a call. 086-000-2032. I'm taking your calls. 086-000-2032. Send us a WhatsApp voice note on 614 Let's take a quick break. EFC is live this Thursday. A new champion will be crowned at EFC 107 as two undefeated Warriors go to war for the vacant EFC flyweight title, handing a moment in history to either Gift the Day Walker or Terrence the Black Panther Bolello. EFC 107, watch it on SABC Sport Channel on DTT Channel 4 from 7 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Premier League is not just back to the page. But here to quench your thirst for the beautiful game. If it's not classical goals. Back it goes and stones and It's mind-blowing saves. Darwin Nunes, Konate, saved again by Ramsdale. And all the marvellous moments of the game. Experience 
the Premier League action on Saturday afternoons, live on S3, also available on SABC Plus and SABCSport.com. Hashtag, we love it here. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. Eight minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for the honor and the pleasure of your company this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. We are covering the Ugandan anti-homosexuality law this evening. And I'm in conversation with Roland Iwole of Amnesty International East Africa. He's a researcher within the organization. Uh, Roland, before we went to the break there, uh, we, we, we were exploring in, 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 in part the national sentiment uh, with with regards to the economic ramifications or at least uh, pertaining to aid and loan ramifications uh, emanating from this law. But generally yeah. speaking, um, has this law received widespread support, especially now that we have five people arrested, six people arrested, six cases of arrest, with two on, on, on the potential uh, line of, 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 of uh, um, death row? As, as I mentioned, there are weak points that the state has used uh, to actually garner support for the law. But again, even with uh, you know those uh, you know points or emotional points, uh, we are we are not seeing the enthusiasm from the public in in as far as you know you know uh, you know rallying behind this law. Uh, of course, we are seeing a lot of fear. We are seeing fear from landlords. We are seeing cases whereby. Uh, People suspected to be, you know, LGBTI have been evicted from their homes uh, because wow. of the requirement for people to uh, really or obligation to report, uh, you know, uh, you know, LGBTI persons uh, to, uh, you know, to authorities. Uh, we have seen cases of uh, physical violence from the public, meaning that, you know, there are pockets of people that, you know, have taken, you know, this law seriously and, you know, are taking, uh, you know, the law into their own hands. Uh, that said, uh, again, you know, the LGBTI population in Uganda is not a new thing. And in fact, uh, LGBTI community and their organization in Uganda has been one of the strongest in the region until, uh, you know, recently when, uh, you know, uh, the state started banning, uh, you know, the organizations from operating. And so, you know, this community existed and, uh, you know, lived very well with other members of the community. Uh, so it is with this law that we are we are now start starting to see some kind of hate and maybe a need to monitor and see how maybe this uh, you know develops uh, and and where you know the public really stands in as far as supporting the law. Yeah, I'm assuming activists and and organisations supporting uh, uh, gay people in Uganda have had to take their work uh, and advocacy underground. Um, do you have any idea about how they're operating? It interestingly is that, uh, you know, such laws sometimes I tend to think they target uh, what we call in, our, in this part of, you know, Africa, East Africa, the common man or, or common people. Uh, because I know organizations that work to support the rights of LGBTI people, uh, including sending legal support. Uh, the gentleman, uh, the 20-year-old who is facing, uh, you know, uh, death row, uh, for instance, uh, you know, 
you know his advocates are advocates that are known from uh, organizations that are known and um, you know we have uh, i was talking to three of his lawyers who uh, you know were trying to you know uh, get uh, him out on bail or try to represent him before the file uh, was uh, you know was withdrawn and taken to the dpp and you see that organizations some organizations still have got the confidence and you know are still able to go out and you know fight for the rights of 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 the community uh, you have organizations such as uh, section minorities uganda which uh, ha- has come into a coalition with two other organizations one of it is chapter 4 uganda and another one is key uganda key population and they've come into a coalition whereby Uh, they have really been doing advocacy trying to get the state uh, to repeal the law including writing to you know donors and 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 states such as the US uh, to make decisions that would make Tanzania you, you know Uganda change its its stance but you know uh, we are seeing those organizations so i do not know what the plan uh, you know the plan that the state has uh, with these organizations still working in Uganda Yeah and 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 getting the law repealed is that a, what would that avenue be it would have to go back to parliament i'm assuming so uh right now there are two there are two ways two legal ways sorry one of it is basically to have to take the law back to parliament and this of course will be a political way yeah and the second one is a legal way and this is where uh, some of these organizations supporting lgbti rights have done they've gone to court to constitutional court they filed petition we have a parliamentarian the sole parliamentarian who voted against the law uh, fox odoi who is also chair of the human rights committee of parliament has also filed a petition i think at some point they'll be amalgamated and uh, that is the other way where like 2014 the court can you know can really uh you know uh, co- uh you know declare the uh, you know the law to be unconstitutional and if it is declared unconstitutional then it ceases to be in force yeah i i had no idea that there was a lone parliamentarian that voted against this law what has her political career been like after that vote it it it, it is actually really interesting because uh, uh this individual you know many years ago or a few years ago was actually an advisor to the president yeah. um and right now he is actually the chair of the human rights committee and uh, of course uh, he has had this stance uh, since uh, you know the first uh, you know voting uh, or the, the first time that you know this law came uh, you know to the vote you know it came to the vote twice the first time he, after the voting it went to the president he returned it and said that there are provisions that are around the children that need to be made stronger and then it went back to parliament you know in may and got voted again when the president signed it later uh, so this is the only parliamentarian that has stood before parliament argued you know against the law and argued against you know several several provisions that are really dangerous and you know can be misused because they remain very vague and they actually go against uh, you know the constitution of Uganda itself night talk monday to thursdays 10 to midnight